well, man, I don't know what to do up here. It's been so long since I've been up here on a Sunday morning, hasn't it? <laughs> that time to just write. Pastor gets a month, month and a half off on Sunday mornings with Pastor Judy doing her, her series and our guest speakers. No, it's okay. Hallelujah. Amen. You get back into the flow of things. Well, we're going to minister on the subject of the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. Hallelujah. Praise God. And I, and, and I trust that those of you that, you know, you may have been brought up in church and uh, have a little bit of understanding on this subject, we're not going to make it too difficult. We're not going to use any big words that you can't understand, and we're going to take it nice and easy unless I get a preach on me and I call you to repent. Turn or burn. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. A big word, eschatology. That's a big word, right? Hallelujah. The rapture of the church... The catching away of the church will be the most startling event to happen in human history when that takes place. And what I liked about going over this, and you're hearing all kinds of things. If you're on uh, YouTube and stuff, you're, uh, and, and if you're around other Christians that might not believe possibly the way you believe, or there's all kinds of thoughts and theories on the end times and I'm not going to get into the tribulation period and the second coming. What I'm going to deal with is the rapture of the church because uh, most of the theologians and Bible scholars say that the rapture of the church is imminent. It means it could happen at any time. There's nothing else that has to be fulfilled for that to take place or the catching away or Jesus coming back for his people. Amen? How many of you are blood-bought, washed in the blood of Jesus? Glory to God. Do you know before this message is over with, we can be changing the twinkling of an eye and we're out of here? Ooh, glory to God. I'm telling you, it's exciting. But you know, the churches, and, and we're guilty of it too, uh, you know, we, we, we don't remind ourselves. And even in Thessalonians, a church, Paul reminded the Christians to remind each other, Maranatha, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And so we need to stir each other up so that we can have a sense of being ready at any moment and any time. Glory to God. And I remember growing up, we, we lived on a steady diet of looking and waiting for the rapture of the church. As a young boy, I mean, uh, we, you know, we almost at least two or two, one or two songs, every service that we were, would sing out of the hymn books would have something to do with, with the rapture of the church. I was singing a little portion to Pastor Judy this morning. One of the songs change in the twinkling of an eye. The trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, change in the twinkling of an eye. So we, we were, these are the kind of songs. Uh, evangelists would come in and they would scare the hell out of you. 
and you would think, you would be shaking in your seat thinking that Jesus could come before the sermon was over. And I mean, youth rallies, youth, youth events, children's, I remember when I was probably 10, 11 years old, I went to a, a children's camp, mom and dad was counselors, and we went, and uh, the evangelist was, you know, I don't know how many kids were there, the Assemblies of God, and oh, a lot, probably 100, 200 kids, and the evangelist was preaching on the coming of Jesus, that you gotta be born again. Jesus would come at any moment. And when he said that, somebody hit the lights in the back and they went off automatically. <laughs> and when they turned the lights back on, all the kids were at the altars repenting. <laughs> it was in our DNA. Remember me talking about being, you know, we weren't allowed to go to theaters and stuff like that. So even as a young man, even an associate pastor, when Billy Graham came out with that, uh, one of the films that he came out with, it was a Billy Graham film, and it was a, a preview in one of the theaters in Southern California. So I went with my uncle, which was a pastor, and I was sitting in there shaking. What would Jesus do? If, what would happen if he would come right now? If that trumpet would sound, would I be ready? So that was on our minds. And you know what? We've got to get back to that place where we're looking and we're waiting for the imminent return of Jesus for his church. Hallelujah. Can you imagine what will happen when a multitude of millions disappear immediately in the twinkling of an eye? Glory to God. It's ready to take place. Amen. Imminent means approaching. It could happen at any time. So the next thing on God's prophetic calendar, I believe with all my heart, is Jesus is coming back for the church. They're catching up of the church. Hallelujah. And I know that, and I'm not getting into the arguments that, that people, I have, I know people personally that would love to argue with me that, well, we're going to go through the tribulation, and what I tell them, enjoy it, <laughs> and I'll meet you later, but I'll already be up in heaven, hallelujah. If you want to go and tribulate, you can tribulate all you want, <laughs> amen, but I'm going to be in the presence of Jesus at the marriage supper of the Lamb, <laughs> glory to God, hallelujah. First part of the scripture that really Jesus introduces is over in St. John. Now, John chapter 13, remember Jesus had been with his disciples now for almost three years. He took care of their needs. The disciples had seen the dead raised, the blind see, the deaf hear. Just, just wonderful. You know, you hang around with somebody and, you know, you, you, you start, you know, depending on that person. And Jesus was the person you could depend on. And then in, in chapter 14, okay, Jesus is telling him in chapter 13 that I'm going to go away. Very shortly, I'm not going to be with you guys anymore. And all of a sudden, their hearts dropped. What do you mean you're not going to be with us anymore? You're going to leave us? Where are you going? And then, in, so in ver chapter 14, and verse 1 through 4, Jesus makes this statement, and this is the first mention of the rapture, okay? 
Now, the word rapture is not in the Bible, and some people would argue, well, you can't find the word rapture. Rapture simply means, it's a Latin translation, which means caught up or snatched. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So verse 1, Jesus is looking at his disciples, and what does he say? Don't be troubled. Don't be troubled. You trust God, now trust in me. Now look what he says. There are many rooms. King James says there are many mansions. Hallelujah. In my father's house or home, and I am going to prepare a place for you. So right now Jesus is in the midst of preparation to receive his bride, to receive us, the blood-bought church of Jesus Christ. It's preparation time in heaven. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if this were not so, I would tell you plainly. So he's not lying there. Hallelujah. And so verse 3 says, when everything is ready, say ready, ready. I will come and get you. When everything is ready, I'm going to come and get you. Hallelujah. That's exciting. Come and get me, Lord. <laughs> so when everything, I will come and get you. So that you will always, say always, be with me where I am. Hallelujah. Verse 4, he ends up, you know where I'm going and how to get there. This is the first even glimpse of what we call the rapture or the catching away of the church. Hallelujah. He said he would come again and receive you back to myself. Amen. The only dilemma that the disciples had and the early church had, and we have today, he didn't say when. So we're in a waiting game. When? And see, what was happening is that people, the disciples, their families, you move over to the book of Acts, the early church, and then the churches that Paul wrote to, uh, they were all expecting Jesus to come back. Remember in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus was taken up into heaven, an angel appeared and said, this same Jesus, why are you amazed? Why are you standing looking up? Because the same Jesus, he's going to return just like you see him go. Amen. 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 And again, Jesus would say, let not your heart be troubled. I'm coming back. But when? <laughs> when? And the church has always wanted to know when. And, but the Apostle Paul said there's always those false prophets is going to say that Jesus is delaying his coming. And those kind we need to turn away from. We need to believe that Jesus would come today in the next 10 minutes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, we don't know the time or the hour, and if you ever hear anybody say, well, Jesus is coming back, oh, December 24th, 2023. You know, the funny thing, I was telling my wife earlier that, again, kids are really impressionable. That's why we need to get the rapture mentality into them really early. 
Because we'd always think of, of, of the midnight cry, the midnight hour. Jesus is going to come. And, 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 and always he's going to come this year. That's what the evangelist, now. I mean, he's coming now before you get home from church. You're, you're going to be out of here. So every New Year's Eve, I remember thinking, boy, Jesus only has a couple hours left to come before next year. That was always on my mind. And as a young boy, I remember having to sleep with somebody. I'm not going to bed by myself. I don't get out here. I'm, I'm going with, up with my, you know, something. <laughs> Impressionable. But we need to feel the same way, hallelujah. Whether in the grocery store, Walmart, getting pumping gas. Can you imagine pumping gas all of a sudden? You, you know, you gas is a car, and you're out of here. That's one bill you don't have to pay. Yeah, the gas will be spilling over. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, as I was saying, there was a dilemma there. They didn't know when he was coming back. So, what was happening in the early church is that, that people's hearts were being troubled because they, they didn't understand about the coming of Jesus. Because they, you know, I mean, during this period of time, their relatives would die. They would be entombed, they would be, and, and what about them uh, when the rapture takes place? Because we're here and wonder if we die before Jesus comes, are we going to be left here in that grave? So this was on their mind. Think about that. Because Jesus didn't give them any idea when he was coming back. So, you know, generations were passing away, dying, and being buried. So the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 begins to talk to the church and tell them specifically what was going to happen. And he didn't want them to be uninformed. How many of you know God doesn't want us to be uninformed? Amen? Amen? We need to be informed and know what's happening. So the Apostle Paul addresses the church at Thessalonia. It says, and now, brothers and sisters, I want you to know what will happen to the Christians who have died Come on now. So you will not be full of sorrow like people who have no hope. See, the world has no hope, but we do. Glory to God. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus comes, God will bring back with Jesus all the Christians who have died. But you scratch your head and say, hey, my mom and dad, they're in the grave. My mom and dad's buried in California. So what's up? <laughs> well, Paul begins to explain. See, he said this, and this is what's wonderful about doing a funeral of a Christian because you know that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. See, what you are, you know, you're wearing right now is your earthly tabernacle, right? And so the real you, when you die, you're going to slip out of this mortal body, and you're going to be in the presence of the Lord. But when the rapture comes, it says that all the Christians, hallelujah, are coming back with Jesus who have died, so my mom and dad's in heaven right now, and when that trumpet sounds, 
and Jesus comes back for the church, you and I, they're coming with them. And some of your relatives are coming with them. Can you imagine? There's going to be a meeting in the air. And the sweet, sweet, by and by, all those songs, glory to God, keep coming back. Amen. So what's going to happen is, 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 is just mind-boggling because how can God do it? God knows your DNA. So you have the dead in Christ, their bodies. In fact, Jesus introduces the word sleep. When you leave your body, your body is taking a nap. What do you do when you take a nap? You wake up. And one of these days when the trumpet sounds, your nap time is going to be over. If you've died and you're in heaven right now, when Jesus comes back, you're coming with him and there is going to be a recreation of your body, whether you've been cremated or buried or lost at sea or eaten by an animal, it doesn't matter. Your body is going to be recreated. You're going to have a new body. Glory to God. All in a twinkling of an eye. Can you imagine that? Only God can do that. That's what is called our blessed hope. Amen. So, let's read that part again and let's move on down, okay? And now, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be ignorant what will happen to the Christians who have died so you will not be full of sorrow like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus comes, God will bring back with Jesus all the Christians who have died. I can tell you this directly from the Lord. We who are still living, hallelujah. How many of you want to be living when he comes? Living is much better than taking a nap, okay? (laughs) We who are still living when the Lord returns will not rise to meet him ahead of those who are in their graves. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout. Hallelujah. With the call of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. First, all the Christians who have died will rise from their graves. Then together with them, we who are still alive and remain on the earth will be snatched up, will be caught up, hallelujah, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and remain with him forever. Makes you want to jump. Come on, let's go. Hallelujah. So verse 18 says, so comfort and encourage each other with these words. Hallelujah. Amen. Whoo, those graves are going to open. And the dead in Christ shall rise. Amen. Now, in verse 8 of chapter 1 of 1 Thessalonians, it says this. For the Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia, but your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us and they tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait now notice this 
talking to the early church there, and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. We have not been appointed to go through the tribulation period. Hallelujah! Well, you don't understand. We're in the tribulation period. No, you don't know anything yet. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit in us, the church, is what is restraining and holding back. You think things are bad now? When the church is snatched out of here, all hell's going to break loose. Literally. Amen. The son of perdition will come on the scene. Hallelujah. So, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath, the tribulation period. Jesus is going to retrieve us, his people, before the wrath is loosened upon the earth. Amen. Hallelujah. Whew. For example, think about this. This is the examples. Didn't God retrieve Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah for the judgment? How about Noah and his family? Put him in the ark before the flood came and the earth was destroyed. And there's, you know, other examples. Rahab the harlot was kept. Amen. So <laughs> there is hope. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> Ooh, glory to God. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and read in verse 51. And he, again, he's talking about the catching up of the church. Anywhere you see behold, what does that mean? Pay attention, right? Hit the person next to you and say pay attention. Verse 51, behold I tell you a mystery. See the world don't understand this, it's mystery hidden for the church. I tell you a mystery, we shall not all sleep but we will all be changed. <laughs> in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. How quick is the twinkling of an eye? Science says that's the fastest a blink. You, you get that quick. We're out of here. Man, hallelujah. Just think of it. Just, your mind can't wrap around. How, how God, how's God How's God going to do that? He's God. Hallelujah. Amen. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Say, I will be changed. If you don't like the way you feel now, you're going to be changed. Ooh, glory to God. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. Flesh and blood cannot be in heaven. You understand me? We have to have a glorified body just like Jesus. Amen? Ooh, hallelujah. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall we be brought to pass the saying that it is written, death is swallowed up in victory. 
Verse 55, O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin. The strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, therefore, what's it? Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is the not in vain in the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, does that mean that we go to the mountains and wait for Jesus to come back and do nothing? We work until Jesus comes. Oh, that's another song. I'll work till Jesus comes. I'll work. Amen? See, we had it all figured out back there. Our theology was correct. So it's not a time to go somewhere and take a vacation and wait for the rapture. And there have been people who do that, who have done that. We are to work. I was talking to, to, to Dr. Tom on the way to the airport. I won't get you to, into what he was telling me and stuff, but he was, you know, he's way over my head on some things. <laughs> you know, he was a professor. So when he gets into his Hebrew stuff, I'm thinking about coffee. I hope he's not listening to this, no. <laughs> Amen. But I was just asking him some questions, what he thought about what was going on in Israel and, and all this stuff, you know. And I realized that, that not everybody has been, we need to understand the book of Revelation and Daniel and Ezekiel and all of the end time stuff. But I've always felt as pastor that I need to get you ready. I need to get you prepared for Jesus to come. We need to train you for the work of the ministry so that we can preach the gospel and do what we're supposed to do so that we will, we, we will be ready when that trumpet sounds. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. So there's all kinds of giftings in the body of Christ. And, and uh, their theme is word for winners. Amen. God has made us winners. And Jesus is coming back for a winning church. The glorious church without spot or wrinkle. Hallelujah. And so we need to make ourselves ready. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. So our labor is not in vain. We need to work for the Lord. We need to do it in love. We need to be ready. And at the same time, anticipate that Jesus could come any moment. Hallelujah. 1 John chapter 3. Even John deals with it. I was just like the Apostle Paul. Verse 2 through 3. It says, Beloved, now we are the children of God. Yes, what we're going to be like when we're changing the twinkle of an eye. This, is, this tells us exactly. Now we are the children. Say, now I'm a children, uh, child of God. Now look, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, what does it say? We shall be like him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For we shall see him 
as he is. Now, do you remember when Jesus rose from the dead in his glorified body? Hmm? Pretty awesome. Come on, Superman. <laughs> Hallelujah. He was able to walk through a door. Wouldn't we like to do that sometimes? <laughs> walk through a wall. Hallelujah. Praise God. Move from here to there. Some of you will still want, you know, some transportation. They said there's motorcycles in heaven and cars and all kinds. Awesome, you know, we like speed. <laughs> but people that have gone to heaven say, all you got to think about being somewhere and you're there. I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Light speed, glory to God. Amen. We shall be like him, just like Jesus in his glorified body. Woo, glory to God. Isn't that going to feel good? All the aches and pains, no more limitations. I'll have hair. I'll be buffed. Come on, think about it. Come on, you guys are getting older now. You know, it's going to feel good. Because everyone, I'm going to be in their 30s, you know, kind of cool. Now, that's what you call a blessed hope. Everybody can be crying around, this and that. No, amen, I'm getting ready for my glorified body. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, verse 3 is more serious. Everyone who has this hope. Do you have that hope today? Hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So one thing that I understood growing up in that environment, that the coming of the Lord Jesus, the imminent return of Jesus could happen at any moment. And if you had sinned, you were quick to repent of that sin. You were quick to make it right. And if you were doing something, well, just like I said, when I was in the theater, even watching a Christian movie, I was, you know, I hope that trumpet don't sound. And I know that was kind of stupid, okay, thinking it like that because, you know, we're not saved by works at all. But there is, it says here that we who have that hope, we have Jesus coming on our mind, so we constantly purify ourselves it might not be advantageous for us to go into that place or to do what we're thinking about doing it says because i have this hope i'm born again when that trumpet sounds i want to be ready and he's coming as a thief in the night we don't know the hour or the time amen and it could happen at any moment why I know that we're not going through the tribulation is because there's no mention of the church of Jesus Christ after Revelations chapter 4. You don't hear about the church till the last chapter of the book of Revelations. Church is out of here during that time. 
And you can know the seasons and the times and the hour. You can look at the news and see what's happening. The imminent return of Jesus, that's the next thing that I believe is going to happen is a catching away of the church. Hallelujah. Let's read this last portion of scripture, Revelation chapter three. Begin with verse 10. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I will also keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole earth to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have that no man take your crown. I want you to play the video. When the rapture occurs, the world will capture the moment. Cell phones, security cameras, law enforcement body cams, doorbell cams, and more will all bear video record of the great disappearance. The world will reel with concern from watching the strange, mind-boggling and unbelievable video footage that goes viral across the globe. People vanish before their eyes and all caught on camera. This event won't be science fiction, conspiracy theory, or mindless speculation. When Christ comes for his people, it will be in the twinkling of an eye. Between the resurrected dead and the raptured, billions of people will exit this planet in an instant, but billions will be left behind. It will be chaos on our globe, but incredible glorious joy in the skies. This is the rapture, the great disappearance. It is vital to know what the Bible says about this coming day. The next event on God's prophetic agenda for the earth. Are you ready? Hallelujah. Amen. You want to say that? Isn't that awesome? I, w- I want to share this because when, when I got saved in the 70s, somebody who saw the Jesus Revolution, I kind of got saved at the end of that. But it was on messages. It was on an end-time message. And, and I remember that's why I ran out to tell everybody they had to get saved. You know, like a lot of times you're here and you know us, you know, we got to reach the world. I, I remember I was in Lake Havasu City and they had a London Bridge down there. It was a resort. And I didn't know, you know, that you had to take a partner with you to go tell people about Jesus or anything. And I was just like showing up at the gates at the London Bridge and people were visiting probably from all over the world and just telling them that they had to be saved and they needed Jesus. And, and so, you know what, when, when this, if this gets a hold of you and in your spirit, you, you're not only, it's not only for you. But I'm telling you, you want to bring this to the world because any minute, I mean, and we believed back then that any minute the rapture could happen, and now we're that much closer. And I didn't even know Pastor Ed back then. But how many of you remember Jerry Hanley when he came back here? Great evangelist that I was saved under. But those nights were so, I mean, honestly, he preached the end times. Like, I mean, it was so visible to me that the world had to get saved. We had to tell everybody. Amen?
Yeah. I want you to bow your heads. The most important thing for us as pastors is to make sure that you're ready and that you will, <clears throat> if the rapture were to take place, just like that church scene, there were people left in church. Unfortunately, that's going to happen. And the Bible tells us that there's going to be those, those religious people or people who play church, they're not necessarily going to be ready when Jesus comes. And so there's going to be a, a, a great revival after the rapture takes place. I don't know who's going to be pastor at that time, but there are going to be people flooding the churches wanting to know because they've had relatives that have witnessed to them and they've heard about Jesus coming back, but they put it off to another time, another day, another season. And so it, it's imminent that Jesus is coming back, so we need to be ready ourselves, and we need to be thoughtful of those family members around us to get them saved because we want them to go with us. Because there will be people that are saved through the tribulation, but they'll probably have to end up dying and being martyred for the name of Jesus during that time because nobody is going to be able to survive without the mark to buy, sell, or anything else. And they'll track you down. It's a serious thing. We need to be ready when that trumpet sounds. Amen. When the archangel mm, shouts from heaven. And I think that we're going to know it. Well, what's that going to sound like? You will know it. You will know it. Because if you're born again, washed in the blood of Jesus, you have a a homing device, glory to God, built in your spirit. It's going to be like a magnet, boom, and you're going to out of here. But the question is, are you ready today? If that trumpet would sound right now, would we be out of here together? Having church in the air. Hallelujah. So if you're here today, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if Jesus would come back right now in the twink of an eye that I would be ready. I want you to pray this prayer with me. First of all, acknowledge that you are a sinner. And then Jesus went to the cross to die for your sin. The Bible says we make confession of that and ask Jesus to come into our heart and into our life. Because it's the only ticket, Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. It's not you being good, but it's receiving Jesus that God gave to this world. Amen. Let's pray this prayer together. Heavenly Father, I come before you today, and I confess that I'm a sinner, and I'm in need of a Savior. Dear Jesus, I believe with all of my heart, you came to the earth. You went to the cross. You died in my place. And now, Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. Come into my life. Be my Lord and Savior. Thank you for our salvation. 
Thank you that I'm ready when you come back. In Jesus' name.